Stephen. Good morning, everyone. Take your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Second Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen. That time has really flown. The pastor's been away. I'm sure he'll be like us. We went away for a week, and uh, when we got back, it was like, where did that go? Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it contains. We thank you, Lord, that as born-again Christians, we can be engaged in a battle for truth. And we pray this morning that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can be a blessing to this group of people this morning who have come here seeking truth. I pray, Lord, that you lift up your word, exalt it, so that your name is lifted up and exalted. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Maybe it's just me, but these days I'm finding it really hard to work out what's true and what's fake. We've all heard about fake news, right? The Australian E-Safety Commissioner says fake news is a term to describe fictional news stories made up to support certain agendas. According to a recent university study, fake information is 70% more likely to be spread than truth. But it's not just fake news I've got to look out for today. Actually, there's a long list of fakes. There's fake photos, there's fake videos, there's fake emails, there's fake texts. Don't get me started on fake meat. In these last days, it's a given that there are fake religions out there, which means there's fake preachers and fake worship, fake, fake, fake. So forgive me if I sound a little paranoid this morning, but it's becoming hard to believe anything that you read, hear or see. And thankfully, there's nothing fake about Scripture. That's why it's the title of my message this morning, Nothing Fake About Scripture. The Bible is our sole authority for all that we believe and teach here at Metropolitan Baptist Church. The Bible is a precious treasure. No book can compare to the Bible when we consider its author. Only the scriptures claim to be written by the God of the universe through the hands of men. The Bible claims that God said or he spoke more than 700 times. Think of it, this book was not written by mere men, it was written by a supernatural being. It was written by the one who is above all others. The author of the Bible was never born, he's always been. He goes by the name of I am because he always is. The author of this book will never die, he is eternal. Now all of us believe something. Because of what we believe, we live in a certain way. Our beliefs determine our behaviour. And if we believe the Bible, then we should be living according to the Bible. The Bible is to be read and obeyed. We live in a fake and deceitful world. And as the master of deceit, Satan likes it that way. 
Wickedness abounds not because we don't have the Bible, but because we have neglected the Bible. It's been said often that if one generation can be removed from the word of God, their minds can be captured by the devil. And that's exactly what we're seeing around us today. This morning, you and I need to be encouraged by truth. I trust that you're here in this Bible-believing church this morning because you are seeking truth. So as we examine the case for scriptures, if you like, there's a few things I think we should take note of. The first thing is the testimony of the Bible concerning itself. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, you should be there. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Consider what the Bible says about itself in this passage of Scripture. It says that all Scripture is, in effect, God-breathed, the inspiration of God. When God breathed this word, he chose over 40 different human instruments to pen his word over a period of 1,500 years or more. The Bible says of itself, and it's either true or it's a lie, that it is the breath of God. Let me ask you, what do you think the chances are that men wrote the Bible? Well, if you really want to go out on that shaky limb, just look at the prophecies of the Bible. Hundreds of years before Jesus Christ was born, prophets were writing about him. It would be mathematically impossible for human prophecy to be so accurate. The odds of just one prophecy coming true were astronomical. Yet every single one of those prophecies has come true. Only God could have written such prophecies. The Bible explains this in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. Don't have to turn there. But it says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And in that passage of Scripture, notice the expression words here. Every word of the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is trustworthy in all parts. Wherever the Bible touches any subject, the statements made on the subject, whether it be history, biology, psychology, they're trustworthy. But that's not the purpose of the Bible. The purpose of the Bible is found in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 to 8. So let's go there, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 to 8. Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapter 40, verses 6 to 8. The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth. In verse 8, but the word of our God shall stand forever. The Bible says of itself that it is the word of God. No need to turn there, but Psalms 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. 
before any word of the Bible was ever given to any man to write down, every word of it was settled in heaven. It's the word of God. Many centuries ago, the young shepherd boy David gazed up into the sky and realised that the same God who placed the stars in their orbit also wrote the book he so dearly loved. Psalm 19, let's have a look there. Psalm 19. Psalm 19. What a wonderful psalm. I trust you enjoy reading the psalms. They're such an encouragement. No matter what you're going through, read a psalm a day. Such an encouragement. Psalm 19. I could read the whole lot, but let's go to verse 7. It's such a wonderful passage of scripture. Verse 7. And here we learn, verses 7 through to 11 I'm going to read. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is the servant is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. What a blessing to have the word of God. You know, it saves men, it's sure, it makes ordinary men wise, won't lead you astray, brings joy to the heart, gives understanding, it's clean, will cleanse us, it's always true, it's more precious than gold, warns us of danger brings great blessing and reward to those who know and obey it. Wow. The Bible has never changed. It's just as true today as when David was writing about it and declaring it to be true. Unlike fake news or fake friends, the Bible tells it to us straight. There is a place called heaven and a place called hell. That's the simple truth. In John chapter 5 and verse 24, John chapter 5 and verse 24, let's go there. Whenever you see the words verily, verily in scripture, it means truly, truly. John chapter 5 and verse 24. Jesus is speaking here and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Now the only way to escape this condemnation then is to hear and believe the word of God. So if you're here this morning and have not trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, can I plead with you to take that step of faith? The Bible is the word of God. It can be trusted. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise now some may ask you but which version is the true version aren't there lots of different bible versions out there how do i know that i'm using the right one oh it's pretty simple actually in the newer bible versions around today you'll find a deliberate targeted assault on the lord jesus christ the words lord and christ are sometimes removed the virgin birth is attacked His identity as God is removed. Literally, whole verses have been removed, many of them critical to salvation by faith alone. For example, in the English Standard Version, which is very popular in some countries and growing in popularity, you won't find Matthew 18, verse 11. 
It's just not there. Do you know what that verse says? Well, let's go there. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 11. It should be in your Bible. If it's not, you need to get another one that does have it. Matthew 18 verse 11. Jesus is speaking and he gives his purpose. In verse 11 it says in my Bible, For the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. I would have thought that's a fairly critical verse to have in your Bible, but it is missing from the English Standard Version. Now here's another one. Let's look up Acts chapter 8 and verse 37. They're not there, and you can go online if you think, oh, maybe it's just the printed version is a mistake. No, it's actually a blank space online. It's incredible to see it. All the other versions lined up in a blank space. Acts chapter 8, verse 37. Now, for context, we should probably have a look at verse 36. Um, Verse 36 says, And as they went on their way, this is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, They came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Verse 37 says, in my Bible, And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, not according to the English Standard Version or the New International Version. That's gone. That verse is just not there. Why? Well, the reply is actually quite shocking when you think about it. In order to be easier to be read and more inclusive, the ESV removes the name of Jesus 18 times, Jesus Christ 51 times, Christ 39 times, Lord 66 times, and God 38 times. Who takes God out of a Bible? And it takes hell out 40 times and removes the word devil and devils 83 times. Are you kidding me? No. Sadly, no. And you know what? Most people reading only the new versions, they never realize this attack on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's deceitful. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into that well-known ditch. The Bible clearly says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 or at least mine does, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10 says about the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And the book of Revelation makes a very sobering rebuke for anyone that adds or subtracts from his word. Some of those translators should have looked at this. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 18, please. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 18. Twenty-two, eighteen reads, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Verse 19, and if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. There's a rebuke. As the Apostle Paul wrote in the second letter to the church at Thessalonica, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. 
Don't be fooled by these perversions, beloved. Stick with the tried and true King James Bible. Amen? Notice, secondly, the testimony of Jesus Christ concerning the Bible. The testimony of Jesus Christ concerning the Bible. The words of Jesus Christ are precious to those who love him, are they not? And if you believe that the Lord Jesus is God, that he is co-equal, co-existent, eternally existent with God the Father and God the Spirit, then you believe what Jesus Christ said concerning the Bible. Now here's an example. Many sceptics say they do not believe the story of Jonah and the whale. They just say it's a made-up story. They don't believe that a whale could swallow a man and then the man could live. And notice what the Lord Jesus said. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. Have you no mind jumping around in the scriptures, but we are a Bible-believing church. Matthew chapter 12, 38 to 40. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered Jesus, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, there it is, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Christ was talking about his death, burial and resurrection, but he compared it to the biblical account of Jonah and the whale. The Lord Jesus declared the Bible to be true. Now, what did he say about creation? Well, you're still in the book of Matthew. Let's go to 19, Matthew 19, verses 3 to 4. There's Jesus talking about creation. And again, the Pharisees having another go. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And Jesus answered, he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? The Lord Jesus declared the Bible to be true. God made Adam and Eve. Do you know more than God knows? Do you know something that God doesn't know? Let us, without apology, boldly declare that we believe what the Lord Jesus himself believes. He speaks with authority and says the Bible is the word of God. And thirdly, there's the testimony of those who have trusted the Lord concerning the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul is saying here, Timothy, I'm writing to you about the Bible because it is the Bible that made you wise unto salvation. Because of the Bible, you heard about salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get to heaven, you can ask Paul to tell you about that day on the road to Damascus when Jesus Christ met him and spoke to him and he yielded his life to Christ. If you read the book of Acts today, you'll find that Paul Loves to tell the story. His testimony is all over the book of Acts. It was God's word that convicted him through the lives of those who were living for the Lord. Paul believed the Bible was the word of God. It was the disciple Peter who turned from being a fisherman to a fisher of men. The Bible also has transformational effects on the lives of those who have been saved today. 
That word transform means to change from the inside out. If you like nature, it's what happens to a caterpillar when it becomes a butterfly. And if you've been in church this week, today, this morning, you would have already heard Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Just by thinking on the word of God, and we're great at thinking about stuff, some in our family are considered to be overthinkers, but we're great at thinking about things. Thinking on the word of God, the Bible will transform our lives. Everyone who has been saved should be able to stand and give a testimony that believing God's word changed their life. One of our fondest memories of going to the National Baptist Fellowship meetings was hearing people share their testimony generally in the youth sessions. I had the privilege of standing outside a youth session in Melbourne once and then and was on the big screen and one by one these kids gave their testimony. Wow, it was so powerful. Give me goosebumps just thinking about it. And if you're saved here today, you should be able to share a testimony at least of how God has changed your life. When was the last time you heard someone say, I read this mass book today, or I read this chemistry book today, and it really changed my life? Do you believe, do you believe the Bible? Will you allow it to change your life? And don't take my word for it. This fourth point is the testimony of great leaders in history concerning the Bible. Great leaders in history. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. England's three greatest periods of world prominence were all due to great leaders who placed the Bible in a position of honour and authority. Alfred the Great's achievements included the creation of a navy, the revival of learning among the clergy, the education of youths and nobles at court, and the translation of the Bible so that every youth in his country would be able to read the scriptures before studying any other subject. When at the age of 25 she was crowned queen, Elizabeth I pressed the Bible to her lips and her heart to the rejoicing of those who came to her coronation. It was a sign of a new era promoting the Bible. England became an international power during Queen Elizabeth I's reign. Keep that in mind. I wonder if this next coronation will be the same. Queen Victoria was asked by an Eastern prince how she had led England to such greatness. Without hesitation, she responded that the Bible was her secret. George Washington said, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Daniel Webster, if we abide by the principles taught in the Bible, our country will go on prospering and to prosper. But if we neglect its instruction and authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all our glory in profound obscurity. Nobody ever outgrows scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years, C.H. Burgeon said. And Woodrow Wilson, the US president, said, I'm sorry for the men who don't read the Bible every day. I wonder why they deprive themselves of the strength and of the pleasure. 
In Proverbs 22, 28, you probably read this yesterday if you read your Proverbs every day. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Why? Because in Romans 15 and verse 4, it reads, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. There it is, hope, that word. You'll hear it many, many times. Look around. People are so deceived these days that they have lost hope. They've been deceived by the media. They've been deceived by their friends, deceived into believing lies, and they've lost hope. You can see it everywhere. Let me ask you, where does your hope lie today? We, people of the book, are to be people of hope. We are to be people who are genuine, people of truth who can be trusted and are trustworthy. Now we're closing in on Anzac Day, so allow me just to close with uh, this story from World War II. Fake news is not something that's new. In fact, it's been used down through the years to gain psychological advantages in many wars. It's very effective against the Japanese in World War II. Um, The US government actually created the Office of Strategic Services, fancy title, for this very task. And the objective was to destroy the morale of the Japanese soldiers and their civilians with um, defeatist fake news. Because they were very proud people and their army had... Navy and Air Force had uh, achieved some spectacular results early on in World War II, so they had to do something to bring down their, um, their pride. And so the US government created fake newspapers, fake radio bulletins, they used uh, fake leaflet drops and fake mail, all of which was designed to discourage the Japanese soldiers and their people and encourage them to surrender. But there was one Japanese soldier who chose to ignore the propaganda, a soldier who was trained to never surrender. And late in World War II, Hiru Onoda was sent to the Lubang Island, southwest of Manila in the Philippines, with orders to hamper enemy attacks on the island and to never surrender. That one command became his driving force. He took part in guerrilla warfare and in 1945, when Japan actually did surrender, Anata refused to believe it, choosing to continue by the same rule, never surrender. Now, to inform soldiers that were still hiding in the jungle, the Japanese decided they'd better do something about this so they could return home, so they dropped leaflets from the air. Anata got one of these leaflets, but he still didn't believe the news. His explanation was there was a typo in it. And so he figured that it must come from the US. The Japanese would never put a typo in anything. But he was so used to fake news that he thought the leaflets were fake, so he stayed true to his mission. Anoda was officially declared dead in his home country in 1959. And I thought about that this morning, and I thought, well, you know, that's something that's... If you are a true born-again believer and you follow the Bible, you might find that a lot of your relatives think you are dead and they'll they'll shun you, probably for good reason, but because you don't want to be associated with them either uh, if they're on the wrong page. But his family had given up 
and he was declared dead. But a Japanese student named Suzuki, he refused to believe that. And in 1974, almost 30 years after World War II ended, Suzuki tracked down Onoda on the island. The pair became friends, but Onoda said he would only surrender if he received official written orders from Japan. Now, thanks to the work of Suzuki, who amazingly, he managed to track down the still surviving commanding officer and got those papers. Onoda was officially relieved of his duties. He returned to Japan at the age of 52, and he was still, when he came back, he was still wearing his old imperial uniform. He received a pardon from the Philippines government for crimes committed while still believing he was at war. His family, who thought he was dead, saw him for the first time since he was a 22-year-old. Now, when asked what was going through his mind for those 29 years in the jungle, Anoda simply said, nothing but accomplishing my duty. And we have a duty. We have been given a duty to accomplish. We must stay true to our mission, which is to glorify God and win the lost. So let me ask you this morning this question. How important is truth? How important is truth to you and I? Are we willing to shun shun all that fake news out there and just seek the truth for our daily lives? What a wonderful passage of scripture we read this morning. Brother Ian read it out. We read along with it. That teaches us how to live our lives. This book will teach you how to live your lives. And you might say, well, it seems like a bit of a narrow life. No, it's not a narrow life. It is a very rich and fulfilling life if you will trust and obey this book. If you are a young couple and you're starting out and you think, how am I going to do this? The Bible will instruct you on how to do that. If you're running a business, the Bible will tell you how to run your business so that you are successful. The book declares of itself that it is the word of God. This book which Jesus Christ taught, he said every part of this Bible is the word of God. And you and I, those who are born again, we can testify with others who have trusted Christ as their saviour. We can fellowship with them. The Bible is truly the word of God. Now if you don't believe that, then I invite you to do it today. I invite you to seek somebody out and ask them to just show you from the word of God how you can truly be saved, how you can be born again. And those of us who are saved, I think we need a different approach to the scriptures. I think we need to approach the Bible in faith and in prayer as our source of truth. Show me, Lord, show me where does it say that in your word. Seek to obey it. The Bible is great. It'll, it'll tell you what you need to know. Uh, and if you, if you get close enough to it each morning, and you should. In John 7, verse 17, the Bible says, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. God promises to make his word known to those who seek the truth and are willing to obey it. And the final word this morning from the psalmist, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. Are we willing to be led? Are we still teachable? Love this book, brethren. Read it, cherish it, obey it. There is nothing fake about Scripture. Let's pray and then pastor will come.